Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. I've got Dave doing some thumbs up to me already now because I think that was a bit of a short, shorter wait than the last time I've clicked start recording. Um, we're joined by a full roster again. We're going to go straight into this now, gents. So Dave, I've already mentioned, how are we doing today, mate? I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, yeah, the technology's working on your half this time, mate, so all's well. Um, I'm not too bad. I said, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Day off work, as I, I'm sure... Yourself and uh, and Gref will uh, will revel in the uh, amazingness that is at least a day off work. I know you guys have got longer off, but yeah, all good. Uh, can I just say it's because of annual leave, not COVID, so that's even better. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've only got a, <laughs> I've only got a day. I mean, we're recording on my dad's birthday, so I'll just say happy birthday happy to my birthday dad. Birthday, Mark. Yeah, birthday, oh, Mark. Um, but yeah, so yeah, oh, I'm good. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we'll move on to the Toothless Wonder, whose birthday it was yesterday. Gref, happy belated birthday for yesterday. How are we doing? Thanks, Joe. Uh, I'm good, thanks. How about yourself? I'm all right, mate. I'm I'm a bit baffled that I, for once I can't make snide remarks about Buffalo. Um, Sorry, I know. It I just, know. Just, it's no, I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> There's nothing more you can say, so I'm just going to move straight on to Andy. Uh, Andy, how, how are we doing today, mate? I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's, we're nearly at the we're nearly at the weekend. That's that's the key thing that we have to focus on, boys. It's nearly right, at the weekend. And Gref, did you have a very good super soft birthday? I had a fabulous super soft birthday. Thank you very much. Terrific. Minus well, the, the picture that I got. This is the thing, right? Oh, we have to get down to the, the bottom of this now. Was it was? I know Dave said it wasn't him. Gref, uh, Gref, Andy, did you stitch up Gref with this Yorkshire County Cricket Club? I wish I could thing? take credit, but I can't on on this occasion. It's baffling. If anybody actually did it, please let us know. Gref, have you just ran fired about tickets for Yorkshire games? No. <laughs> so for anybody who, Are you well, sure you haven't, Gref? Hundred percent. To, no, to give I, I'm having a bit of a bit of vagueness. Like we may have discussed it. And you may have kind of inquired about something. To give, to, give, to give this a bit more context, if you saw our tweet on Gref's birthday, which was just another outlet that I could use to post the picture, because I think I posted <laughs> it about 10 times across the day. And um, the rest. And the rest. Um yeah, Gref got an email from Yorkshire County Cricket Club. The, the Lancashire boy that is Gref got an email from Lan- from Yorkshire County Cricket Club saying "Happy Birthday, Gareth." Um, and I just the, the picture is saved on my phone for eternity now. It's just the best picture I've ever seen. I mean, who is Gareth though? Who is Gareth? That is a point. Very good point. Well, I That's think event, the exact reason that you could tell that it was none of us actually, because we would have put Gref. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was great that the captain of the fine county of Yorkshire. Took the time out because, of course, he sent the email because that's what always happens, clearly. Um, to Griff, I think it was just a wonderful, nice gesture and the well, lack of gratitude from Gareth. You know, it's serious when we're saying Gareth, um, the lack of gratitude is appalling. Shame, and that yeah. is Sarah. Shame, shame, shame. We, we, we know you root for the white rose, mate. We know you root for the white rose. Never. <laughs> Only on game day for nights. Brilliant. So if we weren't going to get any sass from Gref, I think we've just kick-started any potential sass from Gref right now. Um, Are you sure we'll about go that? straight. Ah, well, 
more than likely, mate. I can only imagine that there's going to be some sass inbound over the next two hours. So, yeah. Um, we'll get back onto the hockey, gents. We'll we'll, we'll go forward to uh, to the scores that we've had over the last week. Um, Saturday the 16th, we had Guildford versus Dundee. The Flames taking a 3-0 win at home. Manchester versus Fife, the first leg in Manchester, 5-0 win for the Storm. And Cardiff with a 3-2 win against Belfast in Cardiff. That was in the league. Uh, the Steelers also played a 4-3 overtime game against Panthers, coming out with the win in Sheffield. That was Challenge Cup action. Uh, and then Sunday, we had all league games. We had a 5-2 win for the Panthers over the Devils in Nottingham. Uh, the Steelers took a 2-1 win against Dundee on the road. Um, the Storm, we'll come back to that one, but it was 8-0 win for the Storm in five. And I mean, then 8-0 uh, loss. Did I say win? Yep. Oh, sorry. Look We're off to a good start. That's all I can say. We're off to a good start. Um, and then a 3-5 or 5-3, don't know why I said 3-5, loss for the Coventry Blaze at home against the Giants. Uh, we've also had two midweek games this week. So we've had Wednesday, um, the Panthers took a 4-3 win against Guildford in Nottingham. And then tonight, the Storm got back to winning ways, if we can say that, with a 6-2 win against Dundee at home. Uh, fixtures that stood out to you, boys? Well, I'm going to go with the Belfast-Coventry game on the Sunday. Finished 5-3. As you've mentioned, it was pretty much back and forth for most of the game. It was on Premier Sports. Quite a decent game. Uh, you saw GB International Scott Conway get a hat-trick. saw Kevin Rain get two goals. It was a brilliant game altogether. I, I was thankful that I was watching that and not another game. What other game would that be, Griff? Well... I think someone will probably mention it later. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with mine, the Wednesday game, uh, the Elite League game between Nottingham and Guildford. And with a 4-3 win for the Panthers, uh, a, a late goal by Kevin Deming. Uh, still the points for Nottingham. Uh, Levi Cable scored an, an, another goal for Guildford and he's been on fire. Uh, that's his sixth in five games. So he's 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 doing a real standing in uh, in Guilford. Uh, also goals from John County, uh, the ex Dundee Stars player. He's doing very well again for for, for Guilford. Um, goals from Nottingham with Matheson, Welsh, Matt Myers returning home, uh, scoring a goal as well. And of course, like I said, Kevin Deming with the fourth and a winning goal. Uh, and the goals for Guildford were County, Cable and Watson. So, again, another very close game. Uh, unfortunately, not any highlights available yet, uh, which is a bit annoying, really, because there's only one or two teams that do put highlights on the tree a few hours after, after a game, so you can't really get to see much of what went on until days, even a week later. So, uh, yeah. I miss the days where the Elite League tweeted out all the goals that night. Yeah, me too. It's just great. You Literally, like, as soon as he got home, he could watch all the goals from every game. Perfectly settles up, boys. I don't know what you think. Like, it was so yeah, much easier to <laughs> game when you see the goals. Um, just before we throw it over to Dave, Andy, I do have to say, when I, like, I was, I can't remember what I was doing. And my, it was my watch that pinged up and said that Guildford had scored and it was Levi Cable. And the first thing that I thought was that you had pulled Levi Cable out as one of the ones to watch for Guildford yeah. last week. I was like, yep, he's done it again. <laughs> 
Sorry, Dave, I'll throw it over to you. No, it's okay. I'll let you off. Um, my highlight game was uh, Nottingham v Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff uh, coming down to a 5-2 loss. Um, Reed again, bagging a couple of goals. He's becoming very much one of the finds of the season so far. Um, however, in a losing uh, battle, Baliagan, Tusignon, Betteridge, Lee and Dominga, if that's how you pronounce it, uh, goals for the Panthers. Um, and they're just quietly doing their thing. Um, they're a good two points for the Panthers. Um, and always early losses in the season do find a way of uh, biting clubs on the backside. Yeah, 100%. My game is, of course, the game that is uh, prompted the hashtag inbox me hun tweet to Gref, uh, as I'm sure all of us were messaging Gref and giving him a hard time at the, at that moment. Um, Five Flyers 8, Manchester Storm 0. Um, it is the game that prompted the club statement from the, the Storm to address how poor they've been, which is hilarious in itself. Uh, Matt Jin played 31 minutes in the game, conceded five goals from 28 shots. And then James Downey went in for 28 minutes, three goals in 18 shots. Um, save percentages, both around 82, 83% in that game. Uh, you look to the flip side, Michael McNicholas for the Flyers, getting a four-point game, one goal, three assists. Um, I think in total, the Storm were outshot 46 to 36. Um, so in fairness... And I'll, I'll give Storm some slight credit on this, and I don't have any idea what the shots were like. However, 36 save shutout for Shane Owen is certainly nothing to uh, to turn your nose up at. Um, that, that sounds like a great effort from him. However, um, 8-0, and it just makes it that much more hilarious that it is against Greth's favourite Elite League team. <laughs> I'm used to these kind of things being a Buffalo fan as well. I mean, I, I do have to say, mate, credit to you for the comment, but I, I, messaged, I messaged Gref, like, I think it was before the end of the second period, I messaged Gref saying, are you okay, boo? And he replied back with, no, this game's made me a full bag of sharing Maltesers. So, <laughs> credit, well, credit you, mate, in fairness. Like, fair play to you. Um, share, share with who? His stomach, my from what he said to me. Yeah, my stomach. His exact words were, the bag says, share it. So I shared it with my stomach. <laughs> it's hard to argue with that logic. Um, anything else that we want to discuss over the past week, gents? I'm seeing a lot of blank faces. We'll say no. So I'm going to throw it over to Dave for his favourite segment of the week. It's, of course, uh, the CHL. Indeed. Last Friday, as we said, was the draw for the knockout stage. Uh, we'll just go through the second round, um, and some really tasty ties, if I'm honest with you. Uh, Skalevsky v Sparta Prague, Joe's team, Klagenfurt versus Lexand. Yes! Uh, Let's go Klagenfurt. Lexo versus Tepara. Uh, a heavyweight battle, in my mind, Manaheim versus Frölunda. Um, I think that's going to be the tie to watch um, of all of them. Uh, Balzano versus Lukarama. Zurich versus Rogler. Freeborg, not Freebird, versus Freebird. Red Bull Munich and Ruan. I think I've got a, neat, a, a good t- draw out of this um, against Red Bull Salzburg. So um, they are 
week commencing 15th of November is the first leg. The second leg is the week after, in between both uh, the semi-finals for the Continental Cup. Um, this weekend coming up is the quarterfinals of the Continental Cup. Um, and Sheffield will know who their fourth opponent um, of uh, the group stage. Uh, one of Amion, Brazov, Yesenik, or Asiago. Fingers crossed it's Asiago, just for a letter Kenny references. See, I've actually got a couple of friends <laughs> from Asiago when we played them 10 years ago in Denmark in Herning. I've always kept in touch. And last year, when this, when they should have been the Continental Cup, we were due to be in Asiago. And it was all, you know, it was going to be good fun and all that. So I'm, I'm hoping Asiago, but I know one of the listeners um prefer Brazov of Romania to qualify. Uh, she's already said that she's cancelling all plans and she's going to join us, if that's the case. Um, well, let's hope that's the case. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I do believe the streams, if you're not watching any of the Elite League, uh, of the round in Amiens, not Amiens, Amiens, um, Amiens sorry. Uh, so I think that's on the WTF website at some point this weekend, if you want to watch a bit of European hockey. We are all excited to head over to the uh, to the Conti Cup now, gents. It's getting real. Things are starting to get booked. Well, now we say now is now the, the credit card's been used and the things are booked and hotels are sorted. We just hope the world carries on healing and we don't get any um, stupid travel arrangements changed and we can get out there and uh, enjoy the, the Continental Cup and uh... the the Cardi Breeze are massive on tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That story will be for the Instagram live that we eventually do have on there. This is, this is all we can say. In fairness, I'm really hoping that we could get some Bacardi Breezer for the train because I'm telling you now, four and a half hour train from Copenhagen to Alborg, there is going to be some serious Instagram live content coming from the four of us if that happens. So if we could get some Bacardi Breezer, it is happening. There's a 7-Eleven and a, a Netto, so... Griff's proper down for it. He's been messaging me menus from places in the frigging train station. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got the we, we, We've been exchanging, like, different pubs and different menus uh, for food and drink, of course. Um, I've never had a Korean barbecue halloumi burger, though. That was a very interesting combination of things. Yeah, an interesting nice. price as well. Yeah. Also, the interesting combination of Greff messaging about cheese. Yeah. To, for anybody who doesn't know Gref, the worst thing for Greff and eating, I think, is cheese. Is it not? I just, yeah, it is. I just know how much you love halloumi, so I was like, oh, Joe will love oh, Very much appreciated, mate. It was very much, but the thing was, I, I, I suddenly pounded in on the fact that you'd said you rather than us, and then I suddenly dawned on me that you didn't like cheese. I thought you were sharing in the love of halloumi at first. Oh, anyway. I'm quite happy with yourself. But then again, it's more for you, so... This is true. Well, no, it's not because it's like what eleven eleven quid for a meal, yeah. Oh, that's all right then if it's a meal. Eight pound for a burger. I'm just waiting for my excessively packed with mayo double bacon cheeseburger from Burger King because that was like literally the only thing I could think when we went Burger King last time was the level of sauce on that burger was ludicrous. And I just remembered another story from that Burger King, but we cannot mention I, it here. Cannot mention that on here, so no. Moving no, swiftly. We'll, we'll, spare, we'll spare someone's uh, dignity for that one. That could be the reason to go live. We'll give a quick nod as a high bend moment and then we'll move on. Yes, <laughs> we'll move it will on. do, yeah. <laughs>
Um, yeah, the next thing, gents, that I've got written down is uh, we obviously got to the dark side of hockey a couple of weeks ago with the discussion about the UHL. We'll show the, the light side of hockey today um, because we had a groundbreaking moment, I believe, in the AHL. I'm trying to find the actual article that I had up earlier. Referee Katie Gay, I believe that's how it's pronounced. My apologies if it isn't, uh, made history when she was one of the referees for the AHL game uh, between the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and the Lee Valley Phantoms. Um, huge moment for hockey. And uh, in fairness, gents, long may it continue. And hopefully we'll be seeing that in the NHL as well soon. Um, there was a video kind of reel of some of the stuff and in fairness her, and I don't say this in any kind of shocked manner but her game management seemed very very good throughout the whole game um, controlled the game well and as I say long may it continue let's hope we see it move into the NHL let's hope we see it in our league in fairness it's, it's certainly not not anything that we seem close to at the moment but let's hope we see it in our league No, and we're seeing it in a lot of um, different sports different leagues I mean just to come back on to, to our country, we had a two linesmen in the recent women's Olympic qualifier in Nottingham. Um, Liv Anderson was, was wondering, was she? No. Uh, Faye Andrews, one of those. Faye Andrews won. Liv ah. Anderson, I believe, is retired. Um, right. But you've seen it in rugby union in the top division in the UK. Um, the recent Andorra-England international, it was an all-female officiating team. Uh, so we're, we're seeing more women get in these roles. As far as I'm concerned, if you do the job right, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Put the shirt on, do the job. If you're good enough, crack on. And long may it continue. Don't, you know, it's, it's not a place just for men. If women are as good, give them the chance to get booed by the crowd. <laughs> That's when you know you made it as a ref. You hit it straight on there. It's good to see it in our... Uh, it's good to see it happen in the world. Be great to see it in our league. Long may it continue and get better. Hopefully, It'd be brilliant to see. It's it's great to see the uh, the inclusivity that that there is now in sports. And uh, I know that they're the same in, in the NFL. Uh, I heard about there was uh, there was a female ref, ref for one of those games and she did a fantastic job. And you know, it, that's what it all comes down to is. is like Dave said, as long as I can do the job, then does it really matter? Uh, one thing I do remember is, I think it was about 20 years ago, when uh, Manon Rome played in golf for Tampa. Uh, and ever since then, there hasn't really been anyone uh, that has you know, played in a, in a professional men's league like that, apart from, I, I think Zabados did. Did Sharon Zabados Sharon, play? Sharon she played in the SJHL. Yeah. A combination of letters with apologies, not league, but yeah, she did play in the the yeah. men's league there, yeah. But in in, in terms Very of like, good like NHL and yeah, oh, in, no. into like like top level, it's yeah, it's been a long time since that, but hopefully you know one day we'll see that again. But for now, seeing female referees in the men's game is great. You know, it is amazing because one thing you cannot be sure of, especially when it comes to elite league, is refs. We all need them. They all need to be there, and you know they all do a good job. They've got some good training, and uh, nothing makes them different compared to the men. So it's great. And it's also it's not just on ice. Just to kind of broaden the subject a little bit, I've seen more females involved. Obviously, in commentary terms, 
Uh, you see, we've got Catelyn, uh, I think her name is, working alongside the, the Premier League uh, team this season. No, sorry, the Premier Sports, my apologies. The Premier Sports team this season. And you see it a lot in the NHL now. You see a lot more women involved in the broadcasts um, from the Islanders' perspective. There's one inside the glass now in the NHL on, on ESPN. Yes, the first, on ESPN there was, the yes. But the MSG have had um, a female in between the glass uh, previously. Something's happened, is it? I don't know. I think that could be this year, yeah. But uh, AJ Malesko has done it, and Jenny Bottrell, who now works for Sportsnet doing the Hockey Night Canada kind of thing, they've done that previously for um, MSG. So we you see more, and it's also different sports. Uh, you've got, just off the top of my head, Alex Scott in the football world. You've got a number of female commentators in cricket who are great at the job. They're not there, you know, people say it's a tick box exercise. No, if you listen to these people, they're good. Who um, was the female? commentator in the 100 that was she played for Manchester and when they got kicked out she basically did all the commentary she was fantastic for the whole oh, thing Tam, I, think I, want say, I want to say I want to say Tammy Beaumont it could have been yeah I want to say Tammy Beaumont, but you see more and more women involved and they've heard that right and it's, it's you know the days of let's just have someone and it's, a, it's this old stereotype that I, none of us agree with but it's let's have someone just to tick a box now they're there because they're good enough they're there on merit and if it's refs commentators don't matter which role in any sport. If you've got enough, get them involved. Long may it continue. Catherine Tappan was an in-studio analyst for a long time as well. She was she's been involved with NHL Network and that kind of thing for a long time. Yes, is she the one who NHL is it NHL tonight? Yeah. Yes, yeah, like another very good person and knowledge as good as the rest who was on that uh, program. There's also there's also one like we talk about sport. There's one that's that's on um, Monday night like Monday NFL. Um, the one that's shown on Channel Five, shown NFL game every Monday, and that's the same. There's a there's a there's a, a lass that goes on there with the two guys that usually commentate on there. Or the, sorry, the two analysts that are usually on there. I, I don't know her name, but I know that she's usually on there. Um, no, gents, I mean it's great to see as we say. Um, we obviously saw the great move a few couple of few years ago in the NHL in terms of the uh, the All Star game when they get they got Kendall Coyne Schofield to do the uh, the fastest skater and she won. I know that at one point there was some debate as to whether or not she was going to get the money, but she she won the fastest skater. She she set the fastest lap time. They did yeah. So, and it was it went just as it was it was actually quite, oh, quite she, memory, she, kicked, she kicked ass big time. Um, she really did. But there was also, I think last. Uh, International Women's Day, I think it was um, who had the NHL rights before they lost like, last season. Uh, NBC, that's it. NBC, they had an, yeah. on the International Women's Day they had an all women's broadcast. Every single role, whether it was in production, camera crew, and everything, all female. And you had you know talented people there on merit. Um, whether it's like, like you said, Joe, whether it's on ice in the um, All-Stars, whether it's off-ice in commentary or production, they're good enough. Let's, let's see them. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, have we got anything else to add on this, gents, or are we happy to move forward from that? I thought that it brought a lighter side to, obviously, we had to talk about the darker side a couple of weeks ago, and it's always nice to to see the flip side and see that it's the minority side that's the darker side a lot of the time. Um, the next thing that I've got, gents, last week we obviously broke down and gave first impressions of the 
Sheffield Steelers, the Cardiff Devils and the Guildford Flames. So we're going to carry that on now. We're only going to do two teams this podcast just to try and, don't know, keep the length down a little bit, I guess, was the logic. We already had a few things that were written down. So we'll throw in two teams today. Uh, the first team that we have written down, I'll throw it out to whoever wants it. I've got Nottingham written down first. Shouldn't that really go to yourself then? Panther I was waiting for that comment, but no, it's not going to go to me first because I'm still looking up the team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll jump in at once. I'll take it if you want. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> 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 right, we said stars for me to go on. <laughs> yeah, um, so far Nottingham have been great. Uh, a really strong start to the season. They've got a few players back in uh, Kevin DeBing and Christophe Boivin, who have done an amazing job so far after the Elite Series, putting a great showcase, and they know they've earned a spot on the roster. Uh, so they've been doing absolutely fantastic this season. Just going to do a run through once I can get. There we go. <laughs> okay, so Kevin Carter is back uh, after he, he didn't get to compete in the uh, Elite Series, but he's back. Uh, and yeah, so far, great impressions. Um, top saves, you know. Uh, so sort of highlights from uh, Saturday's game against Sheffield. Absolutely fantastic. Really good saves in that. Very strong. Uh, a few of us I like the look of. Uh, Robbie Bayarjan, who played for Milton Keynes Lightning a couple of years ago. He's he's absolutely fantastic so far. Uh, I'll get his stats on It's been slow. He's got two points in four games so far. It's not bad going at all. Uh, Christophe Boivin, who I mentioned before. Uh, he has one point in four games. But again, it's not all about the points uh, in in this league. All it's, it's about the about the assists, it's about the grinding, you know. Uh, but he's doing a fantastic job, fantastic job so far. Uh, Kevin Deming, again another player uh, from the Elite Series, having a very strong start to the season. He's got two points in four. Uh, I'm going on to the defence. JC Brassard, uh, who joined from Tulsa in the East Coast League. Uh, he's got points so far, but proving very, very strong on that back end. Uh, really, really good. Uh, and one more I'm going to pick out uh, is... Uh, I'm going to go Joshua Tetlow because he's, he's been years from Nottingham. And, you know, ever since he's, he stepped up to the uh, to the pro pro level he's been fantastic and one player I'd definitely love to see in Orange one day he's got a size he's got a strength of his the physicality he lays really good hits and he's always tracking his point with right he does not let him out of his sight uh, he's absolutely brilliant uh, definitely one one player you'd want on your team especially for a Brit absolutely fantastic he's still young as well uh, he is so my internet is very slow. He's 23 years old, so he's still very young, but still, still a very fantastic player. Uh, so my overall reckon Nottingham very good. I think they've improved on last year and uh, got a very good squad together. And I believe we can definitely finish in, in the in the top four. I can say after all that, you've missed out one player that's had a great start. I probably have. Oh, yeah, Ollie Betteridge. 
Seven yeah. games, nine points. Wow. With everything else that he puts in. <laughs> He's five from four just in the Elite League. Just in the league games. Craziness. I could have named probably more than that, but I'm not going to this time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that makes a change, mate. <laughs> Quite decent. Go on, good Griff. So, like I said, some seeing them play against Storm, they all look pretty decent. It's like a pretty well-driven team of what needs to be happening. Even when Morgan Clark Pizzle got some shifts, you saw he was actually not just there to make up the numbers or sit on the bench or just going, oh yeah, we're up by like four or five goals. It's a nice time. He actually shown what he can do and he looks pretty damn decent. He's, he created some chances that any other day they probably would have gone in the back of the net. And as a team itself, I'm looking forward to seeing how they progress through on. Hopefully, for Panthers fans, they'll probably be like, hopefully, yeah, we can challenge this year. If not for a a title, playoffs, or Challenge Cup. We've mentioned a few times that Panthers of old are big names, Rasputas, everything, you know, glamorous and all that. And the last the season before COVID kicked in and this season, they've really you know, flipped the coin and it's they're building a team, they're building it a unit together um, and I don't like that because they're a much more dangerous animal than before you could set your watch before the annual season collapse from the Panthers now you can't and with a team with the budget and the facilities that they have and I'm not saying they are outstripping everybody they have the assets to be able to do stuff that makes them a dangerous prospect one player that has got uh, one of the letters, which I find hilarious from one aspect, is Steve Lee, the captain. The player who was berated left, right and centre from up within the organisation and the fan base now is the captain. Um, I get I, from a, putting a GB cap on, I like it. Another GB player is one of the captains of the big four. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Sheffield and Cardiff uh, have the same thing. And I, I just find it impressive that he's been able to, you know, cut through all the all that rubbish to get back and and, and be someone that um, Tim Wallace and Guy Doucette actually rate highly enough to to be given that responsibility. Um, I also think it was a shrewd signing of Matt Myers. Uh, he wins face offs. He he's not going to get you 50, 60 points a season. Them days are gone. But it's everything else that he brings to the table. He, the assets and, and the everything he does is there's so many tangibles. You want that type of person in your team. Um, so yeah. I think it's good that that signing because um, there was a concern that he may have to drop down to the NHL, which from a GB perspective, again, you wouldn't want to see that. Uh, so it's good that he's got a gig in the Elite League. They look good on Saturday. They look quick. Uh, Car, we knew what to expect. He's a good netminder. Probably one of the top five in the league. 
Uh, and if we're honest, that fine's going to fluctuate week by week, seeing what we've seen so far. Um, so they've got all the tools at their disposal to do some damage. I don't think they will, because I think other teams will have more on them. Could they compete at, let's say, the playoffs? Absolutely. The type of team that can go on a two-game run and just go, thank you very much, we'll uh, we'll take the trophy. So, for me, keep an, keep an eye on them. They'll, they'll be there, thereabouts, like uh, the guys have said already. I just don't think they'll be in the top two. They could decide who makes that top two. See, a number of people, to me, wrote this team off very quickly, and... <clears throat> As much as we'll, as much as much as you guys will rip me and say that I'm Panther Joe or whatever, like I I said it at the start, this is not a team to write off. Like this is not a team to think they're out of the picture. They're just not. It's not not going to be the case. We know it. It's never going to be the case with Nottingham. I think some Steelers fans in particular want to see it happen because obviously you have that rivalry, but then you also know they've got Doucette that's doing the recruitment. They've got. Wallace on the bench and in fairness they did a cracking job in the Elite Series and to me they've done a good job of keeping that going um, you know they started building a good decor straight away Tetlow, Lee, Matheson, Norrish Brassard and Doherty Doherty stepped his game up a hell of a lot um, there's only one player on their entire team in the league I don't know about the Challenge Cup there's only one player in the league that has a negative plus minus on this team and there's also only one player in the Challenge Cup that has a negative plus minus. The negative plus minus in the league is Jordan Kelsall, and the negative plus minus in the, the Cup is Brady Norrish. That's it. They have a whole team with one person in the league and one person in the Challenge Cup that has a negative plus minus. Um, Betteridge putting up five points in four games in the league. You know, Myers is bringing three points from four games in the league. You've got a hell of a lot of people that are bringing a lot of point scoring to this team at the moment. Um, you know, stat-wise in the league, 3.25 goals for, 2.75 goals against. Always going to bring you goal. Always going to bring you wins if you're in that kind of column in terms of your. Okay, granted, they're only 0.5 in front in terms of goals for compared to goals against, but it's still always going to bring you those wins if you if you put in the more points on the board than you're giving away. Um, 75% win percentage in the league. You know. They look strong. Like we said, Kevin Carr at the back as well. And then you look at the actual games that they've played. I mean, the first game of the league, 2-1 win against Dundee. Not necessarily the best of starts. Granted, fair enough. Um, you might want to put a few more on the board. But Dundee are one of those teams that, that even though they're, I think they're 0-4 at the moment, despite the fact that they're 0-4, they're putting in a lot of close games. They might not always put in those close games, but they do put in those close games. They did against Sheffield the other day. Um the only loss that they've had in the league is 5-2 against Coventry. Uh, they got a 5-2 win against Cardiff. They got a 4-3 win against Guildford. So that's two teams already in particular that they've ground out good wins against that are in that top win column. So we've got the Car- Devils and obviously the Flames in that respect. Uh, and it's sitting in pretty in second in the league at the moment. And they're sat just behind the Steelers. Um you know, this is, as I said, this is a team that before the season started, a lot of people wrote off. A lot of people thought wouldn't have been as strong as they have been in the past. And uh, so far, they're going out and proving a good point that they're not just going to roll over and let let, let teams in. Well, the game against Sheffield, overtime, 
win. And in fairness, again, a game that looked like they were going to take the win on. Okay, did they let us back in the game with a two? Well, they had a two goal lead. They did, but they still ran out a good win. Car played well between the pipes, and then obviously we break down to get that that overtime goal. But you know they're playing well. They are playing well. Obviously, that was a, that was a Challenge Cup game against us, so obviously it's not all not all that telling in terms of the league. But I I think Nottingham are a team to watch, and if teams underestimate them they might find themselves in that top one or two bracket. But I, I do generally agree. I don't think they, they will be in there. I think they'll be looking at a third place finish or a fourth place finish, but it will be close. And Dave, like you've already said, you know, these could be the team. Cardiff could be a team. So at the end of the season, having lost by two points and that loss to Nottingham would have made all the difference. Um, Nothing else to add from me for Nottingham. Has anybody else got anything else they want to add? I'm seeing shaking heads, so we'll move on to the next team that I've got written down. We will go from second in the Elite League table this year uh, to 10th in the Elite League table this year. We've got the Dundee Stars. I'll uh, throw it out there to whoever wants it. Tough team to play in Dundee. If you get points in Dundee, you're going to do well. They're the team that's going to take scouts. They've got a good netminder. In Morrison, yeah, he's going to be facing 40, 50 shots a night. But you, we've seen it all the years in Fife and Dundee, Glasgow to a point, uh, Guildford to a point where the netminder knows what to expect and just performs outstanding. Again, against Sheffield, if it weren't for him, that's a that's a five, six, seven, one victory for Sheffield. In the end, it was a very close two one. But they are. I think eventually coached well in that building by Pasha. Um, so, you know, Dave, you've gone on mute, mate. My apologies. That was a throwback, <laughs> wasn't it? That, that, that was the, the Working <laughs> From Home uh, edition of the My Fans of Bowie. Um, <laughs> so, it's going to be a very tough place to play. Um, and I think winning a league title has many factors, and I think how many points you get out of Dundee would be one of them factors. Um, because I just think you know they've got some good players. Yeah, they haven't got the budget of other teams, but they've got they've recruited well with what they've got and play within the system that they have. So I, th- I think Dundee fans will be well, another good team to watch. Their attendance is on the up. I think it was sixteen, seventeen hundred last Sunday, um, roughly. So you want all your franchises teams to do well. Dundee look like it's now st- starting to get into some groove, both on and off the ice. Um, they they was quite active during lockdown with the uh, different um, initiatives and uh, different programs that they were just to keep the name going within the community so they look like they're getting a number of stuff right and it's how they can go from just making the playoffs and competing against the likes of Fife and Manchester to being actually we can compete and maybe get into either that sounds like top four and get home advantage and instead of going when it comes to the perfect end oh we have a Scottish team there as in a surprise we go 
Dundee. Dundee going to be the one that's going to be there on a regular basis, actually making the final four. It's if they can make that next step. And if I'm honest, the team I've got this year, I think they can. I looking at the team itself at the moment, they've got two players that have both played nine games and they've got like one's got eight points with Sanchez and Combs has got seven points. That's quite decent. And then they've got one player that is trying to be the the let's say the Linden Springer of Dundee. <laughs> I like the, the way you went we had to preface that with let's say the you were just about to come out with it trying to be Lyndon Springer. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Haas. He's played eight games and got fifty-five penalty minutes. Uh from what I've heard, he can be a bit he can play on the, the edge. So that'll be an interesting interesting one to see coming down the season. I mean Something that will come up on later. He's already been in trouble with Dops. So hopefully, we'll, Pash will be like, right, you need to cut this out. Because you could end up costing us a game, which could then could lead to them not making the playoffs. Which I don't think any Dundee fan would want. I mean, I'll gladly take the playoff spot if it means we get it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, just because the 10th right now, I, 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 don't, I don't think they're going to stay there. I, I think they will slowly climb themselves up and up on, on that table. And um, again, you know, this isn't a, a team that's going to uh, finish in the top five necessarily, but they are going to be one of the, one of the teams that will uh, take points off you. If, if one of those top teams aren't on their game, I could definitely see them stealing some points. And again, similar to Guildford, they've not got a whole lot of NHL or AHL or like SHL experience, but they've got guys on there that you know that can gel together and have gelled together. And uh, I think given another another couple of weeks, you will start to find that they will uh, be climbing that table. Uh, a couple that have returned uh, is is Dridden Dow. Uh, he's returned from the last season, uh, and also Craig Moore after spells in Cardiff. Uh, two good additions for me. Uh, I think I think Dow was an outstanding defenseman for him, and uh, definitely one of my I said the reserve team of the All Stars definitely made that list for me. Uh, you've got Tom's Rookie also from Cardiff. Uh, that's some good years there. Uh, hopefully, he'll, he'll get some more ice time with Dundee, um, and you'll start to see his, his points tally rise as well. You know, some really good players on that team. Uh, Marcus Cancampera, uh, I think he's very familiar to a few people with, with being involved in the uh, CHL, various teams such as Helsinki. Um, so yeah, they've got a good roster and some players that can really, really. Um, Really show up on the night, and if you're not even not expecting that, then you know they're going to cause some damage in this league. And um, I think they, those sort of teams are the best teams. You know, uh, they'll do damage. 
They will do damage. So you're the last one to speak, Joe, about this. Oh, did Dave already speak? Sorry. <laughs> I'm switched on. Um, <laughs> sorry, gents. I'm there waving at you guys to speak. and Everyone spoke. Um, <laughs> I'm so to read of all the players. Um, no, in fairness, having watched these guys play against Sheffield in Dundee, and, and you guys have summed it up perfectly, and Dave, you said straight away that these are a team that are going to be hard to beat in Dundee. And that's one of the key things. Granted... Um, they've taken a bit of a drumming against Manchester today, um, who seem to be a team that either hammer a team or get hammered by a team at the moment. But um, yeah, I mean, a 6-2 loss to Manchester, but then a 2-1 loss against Sheffield in Dundee, um, you know, a 2-1 loss against Nottingham in Nottingham at the start of the season in the league, a 3-0 loss against Guildford, fair enough. But again, these haven't had an easy time in terms of the games they've played. The first three games of the season in the league were Nottingham, Guildford, Sheffield. Obviously, then Manchester come into town as well, and they're still trying to find their form, and they had a point to prove today as well after the, the performance against Fife. So, four difficult games for them. Um, I want to say I don't see them being a bottom-table team. My issue with this at the moment is looking at the rest of the table, particularly when you've got teams like Guildford and Coventry playing so well at the moment, um, we've got Glasgow yet to play a game so realistically they're the biggest question mark at the moment but if we throw Glasgow into that mix as well if we if we included Manchester in the list of teams that aren't performing and I think we're going to see a change in that Manchester team just so I mean in fairness to them they've come out with a statement about their form and they're 2-2 they're two and two in the league it's not like they're horrifically performing at the moment they, they had a bad loss against Fife and you know Fair enough, but it's not like they're doing a horrendous job. So we're looking at that 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 table, and as much as I don't want to say they're going to be a bottom end of the table team, it's going to take some teams losing some form for them to climb their way up. But at the same time, like we then say, you go through their roster, um, you know, Charlie Combs looks like he's doing a great job for him at the moment. He was a player that stood out a lot um, in the game that the Steelers played against the other day. Kyle Hash as much as we say it's penalty minutes and it is it's 43 penalty minutes in four elite league games that's without the challenge cup um but then he's put a point up in four games i think he's put something like three points in four games in the challenge cup as well so he's doing a decent enough job for them on the points sheet he just needs to stop well basically just needs to stay out of penalty minutes column uh philip sanchez put six points in five games in the challenge cup six points from five games to charlie combs Four points from four games to Dylan Lawrence, and then we're coming into the league that, that like the end of um, Dryden Dow, who hasn't actually really put any points on the board yet. Previously, he put up 41 points in 48 games for Dundee in the 1920 season, so we know he's a player that can put up the points. Um, you know, if he's not even started to really put those points on the board yet, there's absolutely no reason that this team can't step in and start performing and start climbing their way up the table. Um, Andy, you mentioned Can Campera, and in fairness, he was another player that stood out in the Steelers game the other day. He was always a player that you noticed. He was always a player that was being mentioned and that was there. Um, so absolutely not. And then Adam Morrison between the pipes as well. It's, it is a strong team. And <laughs> the bottom of the league at the moment, in the Challenge Cup in five games, Adam Morrison's got 92.7% save percentage. Granted, and I'll, I'll have a look now, granted that's probably going to be significantly lower 
That's 91.39% in the league for a bottom table team at the moment, for a team that's sat in 10th in 0-4, and their goalie's got 91% save percentage. So they have all the foundations there to put a good team performance there and to start climbing the way up the table. Like I say, I, I think I can't see them climbing past halfway. I can see them kind of being one of the teams that's fighting to be above that playoff line come the end of the year. But there's every reason to think that they could be above that playoff line at the end of the year. Say so that Marcus as well. He's also played over a thousand games in their SM Liga. Wow. Who was 20th. that? Ma- uh, Marcus. Oh, Campera. Yep. 22 years he's played over there. <laughs> he's played over 1,054 games. Jeez. He, I say he stood out a lot in the Steelers game the other day. Like I, I, he was a, he was wasn't necessarily a name. He's a D man, but he wasn't exactly a name that you were you were seeing in in kind of terms of scoring chances and, and putting the shots on the goal. But he was certainly a player that was stepping in and and playing a good defensive game. I say stars every every reason like you guys have all said it. Just because they're bottom of the league doesn't mean that they've been playing badly, and that's that's the key thing with this team. They've had four tough games every reason to think that they could climb up. They've had a hell of a lot of a better start in the Challenge Cup. You know, granted, that's probably not going to be where they're wanting to put the wins in at this point in the season. They probably want to be getting the wins on the board in the league, but they're getting the wins somewhere. They just need to start getting them in the league. Um, We've got anything else to add on Dundee? Any other, any other bits and bobs? No? Okay, gents, the next thing that we've got is Dops. And it's always one that's always nice and contentious. It's always one that whenever Dops post anything at all, there's someone that you can guarantee will tweet the name Lyndon Springer. Um, 100%. How do you think, I actually think it was tweeted multiple times on the last tweet that Dops put out was a lot of people saying something like, oh, have you ever heard of a player called Lyndon Springer? It's getting a bit boring, but um, the primary reason for discussing Dops this time round involves the player that Greff has referred to as wanting to be the next Linden Springer. Uh, it's Kyle Haas. Um, now, the reason for this was for a game misconduct aggressor penalty that he got in the game against Guildford Flames on the 16th of October. So this Saturday just gone. Um, as according to the, the release from the league on DOPS, at a board meeting on the 5th of October, the Elite League's team, uh, start again, the Elite League's 10-member team approved a motion granting the Department of Player Safety the ability to issue fines to players without suspension where deemed necessary. Um, so Kyle Haas has been fined. As far as I'm aware, we don't know how much he's been fined, which is a bit interesting. No, that was it. Anywhere in there, unless anybody's seen anywhere else what, what he's been fined. Um, one of the things that he phrased horrifically in the article is it's been dragged out by a few people is he's been added to his record and we will be classified as a repeat offender. Um, for anybody misunderstanding that, that, see, that reads to me like they're saying he will be a repeat offender if it happens again. They're not saying he's already a repeat offender. Um, but yeah, basically, Dops have started fining. Fair play to them. Yeah, I agree with what Gresham said there. 
Um, I mean, <laughs> what do you, go? you go. You go. You nah, go. I was going to just say, fair play to them for being. At least they've actually brought this out to to the public and said this has actually happened. Because we, we're all we're always getting why ain't Dops doing this? Why ain't Dops doing that? When they probably are in the background. So fair play, fair play to bring it forward. I mean, they've got to pay for the playoff weekend somehow, aren't they? And I think it's fair to say that Manchester will be contributing a fair percentage of that, um, no doubt, throughout the season. Um, but joke aside, I, I agree with Gref. Um, letting people know this is how it is, this is what's happening, this is what we're doing, um, it gives people less opportunity to be misunderstood, shall we say, um, and griping on social media as hockey fans around the world like to do. So, fair play to them. Um, I have no issue. Intrigued. Um, one thing I'll kind of go against what I just said there. When you say if they get fined, they'll be class, they will be classed if they get done again as a repeat offender. Um, it's the, the, the balance of offence in terms of if you get game ban versus if you just define and then you are a repeat offender. Um, that could be my understanding. I'm just not sure that that has a balance. But having said that, all round, fair play to him. Um, I haven't seen this incident. Uh, I have tried looking on website, but uh, there isn't doesn't appear to be any mention or video of it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Dot setting the tone early. You know, uh, hopefully we'll deter this from happening again with the same play, player involved or anyone else. So yeah, I think fines in this league obviously they do mean a lot more than say the NHL because obviously they're on a lot less pay packet. Uh, much less so you know I think having to to that into consideration is going to be you know a a big change for them so yeah it's a good good way to approach it from Dops and um, you know hopefully doing that will really set a tone going forward yeah that's one of the things in fairness that the first like for me I'm intrigued in terms of is there any going to be proportionality to the player's wage. And I've always said this in the NHL that like they need to change the way that they find players. Cause I think the maximum a player can be fined in the NHL at the moment is $5,000. Someone, yeah, I'm going to say someone not or shape there if I'm right or wrong. Um, which in fairness, if you then put in that to Connor McDavid, who's on something ridiculous, like 12 million a season, that's pocket change. Um, but then you put that to someone else who's just breaking their way into the league. And that's a whole different story. What happens if, um, you know, I'd, let's say Kyle Haas, I have no idea what kind of wage he's on, but let's just say for the sake of argument that he's one of the highest paid players in the league. If it then, or it probably won't be, but that's just for the sake of argument. If Morgan Clark Pizzo then goes out and does the same thing, is he going to be fined the same amount? And this is this is where it would be great to have a bit more information. Now, I agree straight away, Andy, you've touched on the fact that there's no video. And for me, I'd love to see a video of it. And when it first came out, I said, I think I said to you, Dave, I think we were in a casino after the roller trading when it, either when it came out or just after. And um, I said straight away, I'd like to see a video of it. I don't understand why there's no video explanation. I'd like to know why it's a fine as opposed to a suspension. 
and then the other day I was sat at work and my phone pinged up and said uh, that the NHL dops have, have fined Joe Thornton X amount for slashing a player. And uh, exactly the same thing happened with that. There was no video of it. I had to go on YouTube. Now, the difference with that is NHL videos are a hell of a lot more available on YouTube than a game between Dundee and Guildford. <laughs> so I actually could actually see a video of the incident. Um, that, 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 for me, in fairness, is my only criticism of it. I, I quite like the fact that there's a fine. In fairness, for some players, it might even be more of a deterrent than a game ban. In the grand scheme of things, like you said, players in the Elite League aren't exactly paid the same as NHL players, so it's going to have a lot more hit. We have no idea how much they've been fined. For all we know, Dops could have slapped him on the wrist and asked him for 20 quid. But, you know, it's it's that that's the transparency side of things that I think we now need to work on. And I'm not necessarily saying we have to know how much each player's been fined because it's not like you can go on Cap Friendly and find out how much Kyle Hass is earning for Dundee like you can do for... Connor McDavid for Edmonton so it's not like we know what these guys are on so in fairness if we're keeping that kind of you know if we're, if we're keeping that behind closed doors as it probably should be within our league then fair play for not announcing the fine amount as well what I would now like to see is a bit more explanation behind what determines a fine as opposed to a suspension um, like Dave said about the, the repeat offender side of things if you're a repeat offender, does that mean that next time you're going to get a higher fine? Does that mean next time that there's going to be a suspension as well, a suspension instead? It'd just be nice to have a bit more explanation from it other than just, we've decided we're going to start fining people and this guy's been fined. Other than that, I, I think it's a good step forward. I, I'd like to see more videos from Dops. That's the only downside for me. I'd like to see videos from Dops where they decided there's no incident and they explain why there's no incident or no, sorry, there's no suspension. Because for me, that would help a lot of player, a lot of fan understanding, sorry, of why certain decisions have been made. Because right now, people sit there every week and go, Lyndon Springer must have done something. Why has he not got a suspension? If Dops actually turned around and said, you know what, let's say, take the uh, the game against Sheffield, which would have been reviewed because it was a five-plus game penalty on the ice. So it automatically would have been reviewed. Previous incidents with Springer that people were kicking off about wouldn't have even been reviewed unless the Steelers requested it. And the fact that it costs means that we probably didn't request it because why would a team request a review so early on in the season? Um, but let's take the Springer incident in Sheffield behind the net. No decision was made on that. Or sorry, a decision was made for no suspension on that. It'd be nice to see an explanation why that might stop some people complaining. The flip side is it might add fuel to the fire. So... It's, it's always going to be a catch-22 situation. I don't know what you guys would rather see, whether you'd rather see a video for everything. I'll throw that out to you guys and see what see what you would rather see. I could say, first of all, with that 20 quid, playoffs, bunkers, 12 VKs. 12 VKs. Ooh. This is the content we're here for. Um, I, I, I think I'd like to see a video. Um, it, just, it just gives it more transparency. And what I'm going to say, I, I don't necessarily agree with the angle, but it's the way of the world now. It, it gives fans less opportunity to complain and, and accuse of, of bias or not knowing what they're doing. If you have it in video, you have an explanation. It's there, it's in black and white. Whether they agree or not, it's a different argument. Because we all know that decisions are made, statements are put out, and they'll be A, fan, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook or forums that will go, oh it's clear bias, you know, the arena teams are getting the benefit or the Scottish teams are getting the benefit or some other excuse this week 
and we all know 99.9% that's absolute rubbish. So I for me, other videos, completely transparent, sir. And fucking shut up and just get on enjoying the game. As much as we know they're not going to show up and enjoy the game, I'll quote a, a great line that me and Joe have used a lot. If they don't understand, if they still got a, a beef with the the issue, that sounds, sounds like a like problem. <laughs> What do you think, though? Video? No video. The video, that'd be pretty good. Even if it's just like a quick 20-second video saying, yeah, they've done this, but we're actually going to, this is why we've not actually given a ban. To say Springer, for example, because that name comes up every single time Dops does something. Even when Springer's not even played that weekend. Springer could literally get COVID and be out for a month and someone would still ask why he's not going to ban within that month. That would that would genuinely be... And there would probably be somebody making a stupid comment that he's got COVID to make up for the bans or something like that. There would probably be someone coming out with a comment like that. That That's how ridiculous it gets on social media. So basically, it's the, the Elite League version of um, a Tampa Bay player going into LTIR just to keep on everything to make the playoffs be available. I'm just going to spit that one out there. In fact, I'm going to add that to the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to Tampa on that one because that, that that one's a can of worms. We will open at the end of the podcast at this time. Um, Andy, I'll throw the same question to you, mate. Video, no video? 100% video. I mean, uh, not just for valid points raised already, but, you know, as someone watching... Uh, whether it's a fan or you know a referee or you know anything like that, they're always going to get something out of it. And if things happen, you know, you know hockey is a very very fast sport, and uh, a lot of times you do miss a lot of things. So I think having that video, especially in the slow motion, you know, that's like the point where they can decide what well, was it this, was it worth that, is that the correct decision, and all that stuff. But not only that. But the most important thing is it also gives training to new officials the things that they should look out for. And uh, if, if if this happens and that contact happens on that sort of play, what would I do in that situation? And then, you know, things like that, just get a, a good understanding from things like that. Because if you're not there, uh, then how is a call really supposed to be made? It's, it's a fast sport. You miss a lot of things, and just having that backup, you know, it's it's okay writing something down, but you you've always got it in your head. Well, is that right? Did this happen? Uh, have I missed something? So having that video is always a, a great thing to go back to to make sure that, especially when it comes to player safety, that you've got everything you know down that needs to be done. So if you haven't got that, then you know it's it, it could end up being one of those things where you miss it, and then someone else does it. And then it's costing someone's career. So having that is a real benefit, and definitely should be used a lot more often. We know that the arenas now they have uh, the capability of that technology with the goal line uh, behind the goal cameras and uh, the webcasts as well. So they have that ability. So just use it because if you don't, it's just going to cause so many problems. It's the thing for me. And the other thing, the other thing as well, from a fan understanding, 
we talk about like the need for a video to explain the actual why there's been a call, why there's not been a call. You watch the actual, you watch the videos of certain events, and I mean, we, Dave, you and I will, will say straight up the the Panthers game. We both stood there at the Panthers game on Saturday and went, "Wow, Barry's having a shocking game. Two two goals from two shots. What on earth is going on?" And then we both watched the highlights, came back to each other on Monday and went, yeah, I've watched the highlights now. I don't agree. Actually, they were two really good goals and there wasn't much you could do about it. It's the same thing with a hit. And there's an incident in the NHL that, that we'll we'll come to talk about later with Dylan Larkin. And I'm not actually going to say what happened with Dylan Larkin. We'll save that nugget for later on. But um, what actually led to that was a hit from Joseph from Tampa, straight through the numbers, straight into the, like face first into the boards. And when I first saw the hit... I'm funny feeling I was watching that live. Were we watching that live, Griff? We were. We were, weren't we? I was going to say, I thought we were watching that on Friday. Um, and when we saw the hit, we were like, oh my God, that, that hit's awful. It looked terrible at the time. And then I've watched it back now and I'm like, I don't actually think it was. I don't actually think it was that bad. It wasn't great. I wouldn't have said it was suspendable, which at the time I would have said it was suspendable. So that's the other thing as well. It also helps you realise, even just watching it back, it helps you realise that actually maybe what you saw at the time isn't necessarily the case. You might have seen it from one angle and thought, oh, no. But then you watch it slow down from a different angle and go, actually, that's all right. You know, it, it, that's that's the thing. It helps understanding on both sides. So, and like I said before, the other thing is, I, I, I just like seeing it. I just want to see what happens. I just like Particularly when it's an aggressive penalty and you, you see that there's a bit of a scrap going on. I want to see what happens. This is the thing is like the Thornton thing. I went straight on YouTube, Googled it or searched it on YouTube, got the video up and saw him slash a guy straight between the legs. It's hilarious. There's no place for it in hockey, but it's always funny when you see a guy do it. Like that was the, exactly the same thing. Like you want to see what, what's gone on, particularly when it's when it's to do with a potential fight or things like that. I want to see what's happened. It's simple as that. It might, that might be the ugly part of hockey, but let's let's be honest. We all have a bit of a fight in a hockey game. It's tradition. different. Exactly. So, um, the other question I'll ask you is, as I said, I said about the, the the not disclosing the fine amount. What do we think to that? Obviously, like I say, the NHL will disclose the fine amount, but you can also go on things like Cap Friendly and find out how much NHL players are on. Do we think that in keeping with the kind of confidentiality of a player's wage, do we think not announcing the fine amount kind of keeps to that kind of code? Or I, I'm just not sure what. The actual figure, I'm not sure what info of, of benefit that is to your average Joe fan. Mm. If this, it, if I, it's a, they're not just saying a fine as like a, like I say, for all we know, a fine could be asking him for twenty quid. Like that, that's not. And you always that one. You always get that person that will think it's twenty quid. You you always yeah. get that suspicious person because that is the way of the world, and it's it's fun to to you know create suspicion. For the likes and retweets, um, I just don't see, you know who cares. I don't care that Lyndon Spring has been fined five hundred quid, a thousand pound, two thousand pound. I can't give a damn. You know he's been fined, right? Move on. Well, I'm concerned. I, I don't see a benefit of that information to fans mm. because a fine's a fine. It's not like it's a two-game suspension, which is different. Yeah, that's information that does have a of a benefit to understand it, but fine, okay, right. Because what we're going to go down to, right, we're finding five thousand pound. 
Well, that's just hypothetical, Griff, because well, I think that's a £10,000 fine. <laughs> I ain't got any basis off that, but I think that should be more. So where do you draw, you know, if you start going down that line, where does it, where's it drawn? As someone yeah. who's worked in initial injury, mate, I can, I can vouch for the fact that many people find a way of calculating random figures and saying this is how much I think that was worth, so I can fully agree with that. So I, I'm just, I'm not suggesting Griff thinks it should be £10,000, but... fifty. Okay, fifty thousand. Fine. It's not like it's not an auction, mate. It's not going once, twice sold. Um, Rap auction. We've got ten thousand to fifty. <laughs> if I've got if I've got stuff to sell, I'm, I'll pay for Finland. That's for sure. Um, I, I just don't see a benefit to the fans. Me personally. Yeah, I don't think it benefits the fans either. I mean, you also get the you then once you find out what wage all the players are on. You then get people counting it all up and going, oh, so you got the highest budget, but you didn't win the league. Mm. So you get all that out again. Or, oh, you got the lowest bu- got the lowest budget. Huh? You beat that team that's just got the highest budget. It'd be it's just pointless stuff. Yeah, I don't think that should be public knowledge, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's like the NHL. I mean, we, we don't even need to know how much players are fine there and then because in that case now it, it scraps to them it's virtually nothing compared to what they get annual anyway but in terms of the elite league you know it's a lot different we, we know it's not going to be much uh so it's not really any of our business to know how much what they're finding and personally i couldn't care less um sim- it's as simple as that really we, we, we just don't really need to know that sort of thing and um. Yeah, that's all I can really say. We just don't don't need that information. No, I I agree with you guys. In fairness, like for me, it stood out as, as something that seemed odd just because it, you see it in the NHL highlights, well, highlights news like headlines and things like that. When a guy's been fined, you see the exact dollar and cent that they've been fined. So I think that to me, it stood out as something bizarre. But that's just because it's the first time we've ever seen that a player's been fined. Uh, but no, I, I'm in full. The only time that we'd need to know how much it was fined is if they turned around and said every fine, uh, every fine paid in the Elite League this year is going to go behind the bar at Bunkers for playoff weekend on the Friday night. That's the only time that we'd need to know how much players were getting fined. And at which point we would be arguing that players should be getting ten thousand pound fines. So uh, you're opening a can of worms because then it's well, where's that money going to? Why is it not going to X? It should be going to Y. I mean, I fully end. I fully envisage that that is going to be a conversation that's had regardless do you know what I mean like, that, that, is a, that is some of that you know there has been stuff over um, different things in different clubs that they've gone why is that why is that money being raised going to that why is that going to that it's a can of worms which we need to take as many can of worms away from hockey fans and I, I suppose it would destroy this podcast if we didn't have many but I think sometimes we just can't be trusted with can of worms this is true. Do we have anything else to add on Dops, gents? So I'll end it with this. I heard a rumour that in addition to his fine, there was also a £3 transaction fee for him to send the money there. So Never. <laughs> Depends how he paid for it. If he paid <laughs> no. by American Express, it, there's no transaction Google Pay. Fee. He turned, no, he no, turned no, up that and comes, paid That comes penny. with a £3 transaction fee. <laughs> I heard if the city halls open on the third Wednesday of the month, then he might be able to get it down to one pound fifty. <laughs> That's a different transaction you get that. Um, 
yeah, yeah. no, Jed, we'll move on from Docs. We'll move on from comments <laughs> for now about three pounds. Um, the next word I've got written down on the agenda is Glasgow. Um, now I've made a really bad rookie error here and not got the article open for the Glasgow thing that I sent you guys. If anybody has it open, feel free to jump in because <laughs> I've had every other tab open on my computer, just not this one. Poor form. I fully agree, mate. And now it's taken ages to load. Um, right, let's have a look. So basically, to give the, the prelude while I'm scrolling up I've my got Facebook. It. Good man. Off you go. <laughs> just read the whole bit out. Just, I just, just, just read. Uh, well, if it's all, if there's some bump, then skip through it. But if it's if it's important, it's not that, it's then... not that long anyway. So I'll, I'll, I'll just read oh. it out. Okay, so re- a recent uh, press release from the Glasgow clan is the Glasgow clan sponsored by Asprey Glasgow West. I'd like to announce that following months of highly complex negotiations, an agreement has been reached relating to the, fu- to the future of Brayhead Arena. Uh, so basically now uh, the agreement now allows for the recommissioning of the ice plant to get underway, so uh, they'll get ice down soon. Um, uh, but you'll also be available to uh, the Glasgow's affiliate Paisley, Paisley Pirates, and, and any other users who, who use it. Uh We've also said that most of their roster are are in the country as well, uh, with a couple coming in the, in the next 48 hours, uh, and they are tr- having a training camp in Dumfries and Harvey, So yeah, uh, obviously they've not got the ice yet in Glasgow. That will that will hopefully go down in the uh, next week. Now this agreement has been reached. Um, yeah, that's basically it. If ever there was a statement that said absolutely naff all, there That's you go. Exclusive. I mean, great that you've got the agreement that and Glasgow will be able to play out of the uh, Braid Arena. That is superb news, um, assuming that is the case. You know, nothing goes wrong in between now and then. Um, but that just that was a bit of a hollow statement. There was just nothing there. There were nothing for the Glasgow fans to go right. Because they'll be going, well, who's the agreement with? There's no details or anything of, of not, what the yeah, deal is, is, is or is anything. It, is it with the Dalai Lama? Is it with the New Zealand Prime Minister? Yeah, who, who is it with? Is it with Tikimaster? Who is it with? No? Or is that under a confidentiality agreement because we don't want to tell them who it is? You have to yeah. pay three pound. <laughs> oh, is it a subscription fee? That's fair play. I, I just think it... It, of all fan bases who've had nothing, give them a bit more. Give them that assurance. It's with X. You know, it could be with, you know, as long as, you know, it doesn't matter who it's with per se, but tell the fans of Glasgow, this you're working with, these are on the rink, we're back, we're going to get the ice down, all's well with the world. They've just failed in doing that. And yeah. I don't necessarily think they failed in that. I, I, I think what you've got to do with a statement, what, what you've got to do with a statement, and I, I fully agree with you all, in fairness, on that respect, and I, you, you summed it up perfectly before anything, of how to say something without saying anything. Like, that is, it is the perfect thing. But if you're, I think if we take a step back from this and look at this statement as a Glasgow fan, there's a hell of a lot of positivity in that article. And I think that's the key thing. If I'm a Glasgow fan at this point, this quite a possibility that I'm not sitting there going who is this agreement with I'm just sitting there thinking thank god we're going to see hockey back soon like as far as the, it goes we're not told who the agreement's with but we are told that there's been an agreement and that 
you know, the recommissioning the ice plant, it should be a case that we're getting underway soon, training camp starting, things like that. So as much as I agree that there's not that, that content there and there could be a hell of a lot more said, they have also said that further information is coming out and a further update on home games will be out on Friday. So I think in fairness at this point, from a Glasgow clan fan, this is just something for the time being to say, actually, we are coming back. Like Other teams have got their news. Let's just give them whatever we can at this point. I see your point. For me, I'm if I'm a Glasgow fan, I'm thinking, oh, we've got a game. So what? So this is this year sorted. Great. What about next year? If rumblings and rumours of the use of the whole shopping complex, which would include the arena, is to be... Yeah. Um, and there are, from different circles, different industries of it being becoming a distribution centre. It's, it's, it's that kind of, I mean, like, okay, they may give me all detail tomorrow and that may change everything and that'd be fine. But it just has that, they could, they could have given a bit of information more. Yeah. And, I, I it, agree. Would, and it would go, yeah. you know what? Okay. So let's, let's just say Planet Ice for, for all, all the giggles and whatnot. We'll go give up Planet Ice, they're going to run the ring. Right. Oh, it, can't be Planet Ice. Available, there's too much visibility. Then fans would know, right? Okay, so regardless of how they go at Coventry, Basic, and other rinks, we know that they're a company that looks after ice rinks and they want ice rinks, and, and it's that security. And I just think how long they've been without um, the team I'm playing, yeah, just, could it just be good to just give it a bit more? Um, I, I did. I did love the line of you know we know we're coming back everything. Well, the the players coming over the country may just give that away a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's you know again it's kind of the oh you know so say something that don't actually mean anything because we already know that or they just come on a year long visa to tour Scotland. I don't know. Um, I, I just think it just. I just think it misses. I just think it misses a little bit more detail that they could give. I think. It, if he was a Glasgow fan, it would be right. Okay, but we're here. We've got a bit of security. Now let's just focus on a team that's going to try and get us into the top eight, top four, get us to the playoff final weekend, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, instead of that, just the nagging doubt behind it, because that's one of the things that's happened with COVID. I think it's just a lot of doubts, a lot of fear of you know. We've seen a number of businesses go out of business because of COVID and and, and whatnot. And worst they, case scenarios. It is a very much worst case scenarios. I mean, it's fantastic that they've got this agreement. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like they just deserve a bit more. And if if it happens tomorrow, great. If not, that's not what I say. Maybe it's like a an announcement to say there is an announcement coming on, but we'll. Give you, we'll jump along some words and then, oh yeah, there's an announcement coming tomorrow, for example. If that was the case, Griff, that they, what they should do by elite league standards is we're announcing something, set your alarms for 6 a.m. and <laughs> I think that's trademarks though. 601. 601. 601, yeah. Oh, 605. 559. Oh, I don't know if you can do an extra minute. Oh, no. <laughs> that, Oh no, that's stupid. That six a.m. You get, you're going to the gym before work. Five fifty-nine. Nah, that's me time. I will. I, I usually set my alarm to go to the gym, snooze it, and then go back to sleep. You don't go to the gym, so. I was going to say that, Joe. Thank you for <laughs> for us. 
says the person who hasn't been to the gym for a long time. Um, but uh, yeah, that's how they should do it, Graf. That's how they should do it. Set your alarms. The, the, the gift's already set. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say six or seven. Got to go for an intro. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, though, just a, a really going left field. Chicago, meant to be 1 a.m. face-off, 1.15. 15 And I, I wanted to get in, go full-on Elite League fan and just complain about it, not being a, a bang on what they say face-off time. NHL do that quite a lot. Like, it is, it is quite... I mean, in fairness, that was the biggest nightmare for me when the Pens' first game of the season was against Tampa... And they did the most unenthusiastic skate out to lift the, the Stanley Cup banner where every player looked like they'd just been told they'd be shot if they didn't go and stand on the blue line in the right place because they were all miserable. And then, um, yeah, then that, that literally like the game was supposed to start at like 12.30 and they would literally, they were just starting to skate out on the ice. Didn't the game start at something like 1am? And I was just like, you actually get, this is the first game of the season. I've stayed up for this. And I'm already sitting there, like, I've already committed half an hour to this game and it's not even started yet. Like, what is going on? It's not even my team that's getting the banner lifted. Like, what is going on? You won the game. Oh, yeah, but I fully expected to get hammered as well. That was the other thing. We had no Crosby, no Gensel, no Malkin, no Matheson. And I was like, we're going to get absolutely spanked this game. And I'm sitting up at 1am watching Tampa Bay lift a, a trophy for a cup that they won because they broke the, uh, the because they broke the wage cap with the LTIR. Tongue-in-cheek. Um... Yeah. Andy, I'm conscious that we've not actually let you say anything. No, it's okay. I mean, uh, not much to really add, to be honest. Uh, not a lot of detail. I, I mean, we're going to, you know, uh, putting the ice pad down soon. 48 hours, no players will be in Scotland. But, you know, you've, you've got to give a bit more detail. Like it's, it's like they're deflecting a little bit in that statement from what the agreement is and so I don't know, maybe there's a term on it or something, there's terms and things in place, just we don't know but this is it, if you're not putting reasons or the details out there, then it's going to leave people speculating, well uh, how long is this going to last really, so uh, hopefully they do put something out tomorrow or um, early next week but for now there's just not not much detail or anything to go off that Here's the other thing I don't understand with it. Why have they posted it today to then say there'll be more information about home games tomorrow? Why just wait until tomorrow? Mm. Like, what was the... I'd understand it if it was like, we can't really post any more information about home games for another month. So we'll just give you what we can give you now just to kind of appease you and stop you from whinging and make you realise that we are doing something. I mean, after all this time, why not just wait a day? <laughs> why not just have your press release? We've had this agreement, blah, blah, blah. This is what's happening with home games. Make that your full press release rather than doing a press release about a press release. Like all it leads me to think now is that the update tomorrow is going to, is going to be an update next Friday and that the update next Friday is going to be that there's going to be an update the following Tuesday. And then the following Tuesday, we might actually find out about what's going to happen. It just makes, and the other thing for me as well, if I'm, if I'm a Glasgow fan and I, we were absolutely sure that we were going to have a season, and which, in fairness, this might be the point where it fails, because in fairness, if they've not been absolutely sure that they were going to have a season, why are they only just getting players in? 
they had like the perfect opportunity to have like a month and a half long training camp to bring players in for the same term as everybody else, have them training at Paisley or wherever else, and then not Paisley, Dumfries or wherever that was. Oh, That's the one. I'm not trying to pronounce that. It is far too late on a Thursday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, why, why, why have they not brought them in and had like six weeks training there? Because the thing is, rust in the first games. You're down to cost. I don't blame them for that. I get the cost that they will have saved from not doing it. But at the same time, it's a pro hockey league. They've got Neil Black's budgets. It's not like they're a low budget team. Unless they were... And in fairness, this is the other thing for me. If I'm a Glasgow fan, this is the other concerning thing for me. Because that just suggests that they really didn't think they were going to have a team this year. But also, are the restrictions... Are there still some restrictions in place in Scotland which could potentially mm. prevent a six-week-long training camp? I don't know because I'm not fully uh, okay with the the difference in the restrictions in Scotland, England and Wales. So I'm wondering yeah, if... Dundee Dun- and Fife have been able to train. So what would have been the difference for them being able to train even if they just had every player in and they were just training on a normal basis? Granted, they might have had to travel to Dumfries, but... It just it just seems a bit odd. Yeah. I just I agree with you. You know, perfect opportunity and all that. Yeah. It for me, it would have had Glasgow as one of the teams to beat if they'd have because they've got us. This we've had this big question mark over their team. We know that they've got some good players on their team, and that's the key thing. If they'd have then been able to train for six weeks whilst everybody else was playing, so that they're ready to hit the ground running on their first game, it would have put them in a much more like. A much stronger position to start the league. Whereas right now, I mean, do they even have a home? Do they even have a, a, a first game penciled in? I want to say they're against Dundee. They've got a training game to start with. A couple. I'm confused with it's the Kings yeah. Cup, something like that against Dundee. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Kings Cup. Sounds very uh, glamorous. So glamorous is the word, but it'll do. Yeah, I don't know. We've said all along that there's a big question mark over Glasgow. It's why we've not really talked about them, to be fair. And this is kind of the first time we've spoken about them. And it's still with a big question mark. So as much as we've not said it for a while, it's a wait and see moment. It's a 50-50. They might be really strong. They might be really weak. We don't know. Um, Oh, I I think the one thing we can probably all agree on to probably wrap, wrap up about Glasgow the one thing we can all agree on is we just hope that they get it sorted and that they're back to p- playing soon because it's it's not the same not seeing Glasgow play. It's also a cracking away trip. Oh, yeah. Cracking away trip, and I really hope they bring their drummers down just to really set the cat among the pigeons. <laughs> we we were there for that game, were we, Andy? Yes, well, yeah, we right. were, yeah, yeah. We was away, yeah. You guys were in Prague. Yeah. Yeah, we were, yeah. <laughs> It was hilarious. I thought the drummers were great, in fairness. Like, they genuinely were awesome. It, well, granted, it was like a wall of sound, but as the away team, is that not what you want to emulate? You don't want to put out a wall of sound and make it sound like you're there. Yeah. Well, hey ho. Anything else on Glasgow? I'm saying, I'm seeing nope. lots of shaky heads. Um... I've got an NHL compilation coming your way next. Um, 
we have a multitude of incidents in the NHL that have been... I'm not even going to say interesting. I'm going to use the word amusing. There's, there's been a number of incidents that have been amusing enough to break the surface into making its way onto an EIHL podcast. Um, and as much as we like talking about the NHL, these three incidents are just something else in their own right. Um, Andy, have you seen all three incidents now? Not all three of them. Not all. Th- which ones have you not seen? And if so, do you want to just quickly watch one? Watch the ones you've not seen. I've only are. seen the Larkin one. Have you not seen the Felino one? No. Oh, in the group. Oh, and I've got a life. I'm not. I'm not videos. Even... <laughs> I know these thirty-second videos that you watch while you're on the toilet. I know it's shocking, isn't it? Well, I play um, Angry Birds, but you know, that's my go-to. Angry Birds? I've not heard about playing Angry Birds for years. <laughs> Other games Angry... are available. Angry Birds are the same class as retro gaming yet. I think that was like one That's of the first games people not played. Not yet, when... not yet, I don't think. I feel like it's like in the same level as what was that other one where you had that bird? Was it Flappy Bird or whatever it was? Oh yeah. Was it, was it Flappy Bird? That one where you click the screen and the bird like jumped over the. Yeah, it was a three D like uh, eight bit thing, weren't it? I yeah, got from the apps like too addictive or something like that. <laughs> wow. Birds, God, really throwing back there. Um, all right, well, the, fam, the first incident, Andy, if you want to feel free to search a video while we're talking about them, because I'm telling you, I'm not even saying it for any other reason other than they are hilarious to watch. Um, the first, in fairness, that we'll start with, I think, cause, just because it's the first one that I've got written down, is um, Pavel Bushnevich. Uh, he was in the headlines at the end of last year for getting his face pummeled in by Tom Wilson. He's in the headlines this year for getting his face pummeled into another guy's face because what he's done is headbutted a guy completely randomly, just decided to headbutt a guy. Um, I mean, I think, has he got a ban? Has he got one match ban? Two match ban? Yeah. Idiot. What was it? What did, what did he get? Two? Yeah, two. So he's been suspended for a headbutt to the face of Lawson Krause for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, just the most innocuous and bizarre incident ever where he just apparently just decided to lose his mind and throw his head at the other guy's head. I just, I just can't work this out, guys. <laughs> I've just seen it now. Wow. I mean, fair play, you used the word headline and head. Headbutt. So, great lines there, Joe. It's like you planned oh, it. What did I do? Use the word oh, headline. Oh, for a headbutt. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it was... No pun intended, but okay. I thought I just messed up and said headline instead of headbutt. That's again. It's believable. <laughs> uh, I was watching that game because... It was one of the very few games that were on. And I was... I saw him score their goal. I was like, it's one all, Very good. And then, like, five minutes or so later, it's like, yeah, he's been chucked out of the game. And then they showed the video of it. All they do is they square up to each other in, like, a scrum. And the next minute, he just throws his head at him, and it's like, what are you doing? You're not an MMA fighter. You know, 
in boxing or anything like that. Wait. The way that he cross-checked Tom Wilson at the end of last year, like straight across the face. Or was it? No, it wasn't, was it? It was Anthony Manther that he cross-checked across the face at the end of last year. The way that he did that, I think he does think he's an MMA fighter. I think that's the problem. I mean, all St. Louis is going to say is, thankfully, that it didn't cost them the game because they still went on and won that game against Arizona. Yeah, it was against Vegas, wasn't it? Awesome cruise place for coyotes, isn't it? Oh, no, it's okay. I read the next line, which said he will unfortunately miss Wednesday night's game <laughs> against the Las Vegas. <laughs> okay, yeah, might be, might be. <laughs> just, uh, I, just stupid. I, I don't know what came across came across his head to do with that. Really, maybe he just got Larson Cruz's uh, head. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what I, I don't know what persuading to do with that. Maybe uh, a goat in a past life, maybe or or a ram. Um, just the way that he threw himself into his head. Um, just just stupid. Uh, no real need for it. Just drop the gloves if you're angry, or or just cross check him. Don't. Just no need for that. But at all, it's stupid. Do you know what's actually come to mind when you've mentioned that there? It's like that meme or video gift style where it's, babe, coming round, and he's like, no, I can't, I'm playing hockey. I'm home alone. <laughs> Be right there. No, because the last time I saw that gif or meme going round was at the end of last season when Jerry passed the puck to the Islanders player. <laughs> that, was, that was the last time I saw that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been covered by definitely just the stupidity. Um, I've, I've, I've words that we'll not mention on here, but just... The, this, you do stuff that sometimes harms your team and you can understand why to a degree and then there's this and it's just um, just an idiot can't really say much more that is plausible for this podcast yeah I think I think all of our responses was just what on earth is just what on earth has just happened it's bizarre when you when you hear when you hear headbutt, and I mean you guys like correct me if I'm wrong. You hear headbutt, you imagine some player that's 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 just had something really horrific happen, and then he's tied up and he can't physically punch the guy. So the only thing he can physically throw at him is his head. Like this, he got both his arms free. <laughs> like he could have easily just dropped the gloves, thrown a punch, face washed him, anything. He just opted for the head, and I just it's just it's just baffling. Um, anything more on that incident or are we good to move on to the second of the amusing incidents the second of the amusing incidents was the incident that we alluded to earlier um, and Gref and I were sat watching this live and it was the best thing I've ever seen um, uh, Mattia Joseph from the Tampa Bay Lightning went straight through the numbers or it looked like he went straight through the numbers of Dylan Larkin at the time Larkin obviously being the captain of the Red Wings this year and um, Larkin got straight up and just decided to clothesline him. Just, just, just literally, just threw his arm straight at his face. Um, he was given a match suspension. 
I've just read an article where the headline is Detroit Red Wings, Dylan Larkin, suspension warranted, but I had so much anger. <laughs> I mean, you could see that. I mean, it reminded me of the the Zurich v. IFK game where there was that many penalty minutes and not one person actually dropped their gloves to just hit with gloves on. It's it's like he literally turned around and just went Superman. He's like, is he like a an Avenger or a DC character throwing a punch out there, or is he Tyson Fury? Did he watch that fight? (laughs) (laughs) I I understand the anger. I mean, I say agree with it. But if you're going to go for hits that are risque, shall we say, then sometimes these things happen. It's not right. But it entertained the punters. And, you know, I just have my, my heart bleating for Tampa doesn't exist. Um, so I'm kind of, yeah, it happened. He got a game ban. Never mind. I'm sure next time Tampa and Detroit play, that will be settled in, uh, you know, traditional format. Or maybe something that they don't get another player on an LTIR. Maybe knots and crosses just for safety reasons. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they do that so they can get some more space so they can bring in Jack Eichel. And that <laughs> has suggest, been a rumour. Not to suggest oh, that Tampa would do no, that. Let's save the LTIR chat. The LTIR chat is coming at the end of the, of no, the NHL. Yeah, well, I drag, they're going to the wrong <laughs> one. We're getting a long section about the LTIR, don't we? That kind sorry, of worms is going to get... Sorry. I wanted to open it first. My bad. Um, yeah, I reckon also crosses. Shake, they'll shake hands afterwards. We're going to respective benches. You know, respective coaches. Bravo, boys. Well done. Next shift. Because that's how it should be done in the Tampa format. Surely. Uh, I'll be honest. There's not a whole lot in that first hit. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe Joseph could have, uh, no, not, not followed through on it, but already Larkin was, it was crouched over, he was already in that position, and no, it, it wasn't like a full-on forceful hit by Joseph, um, so didn't really say anything too wrong with that, but then obviously you do silly things when you're angry, but Larkin took that to a whole different level, um, just straight back up when decides to just punch me in the face. Um, wow, just, just amazing. Um, tries to have a fight with, I think it's Ty Radish as well. Uh, he steps into uh, to aid Joseph and which can understand because that that was that was awful. Um, and you know, you understand the frustration like Dave said. I mean, Larkin's clearly hurt. He's as soon as it takes Radish down. He's, he's down on the ice. He's really, really struggling. But there's other ways you, you do that than just straight back up and punch him in the face as, as he's skating away. You know what I mean? Just it, It's just stupid. Just be a man. Do it differently. Don't, don't act ridiculous like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, I, I agree. I, I should say, after re-watching it, I thought that there wasn't as much. For the first watch, when we I think we both thought the same thing, Greg, when we were watching it live. We both thought, that's a bad hit. And after I've re-watched it, yes, Joseph could have let up. It wasn't a terrible hit. He didn't, he didn't pile him. It, it wasn't like the Landeskog hit, like, continued the hit all the way through to the boards. Like, he gave him a shove. He went face first, fair enough. Like you say, he's already put himself in that vulnerable position. Very similar to the reverse hit from Garland on Zadina, which was another Detroit player that put himself in a in an awkward position and then reaped the uh, reaped the the havoc that came afterwards. So yeah, it's uh, is what it is. I honestly thought he was again, Gref, we were both we both thought at the time he was just gonna drop the gloves. We were like, right, here we go, Larkin's going and then he was just, <laughs> just threw his arm up. It was like, oh, Okay, that that wasn't what I expected. Certainly, no. I think the reason why we thought even more so that it was a bad hit was because of the camera angle. Yeah, we had. it was behind, wasn't it, the first mm. angle? Yeah, baffling. Has anybody got anything else to add on the Larkin incident, or are we okay to move on to step three of the trilogy? Oh, God. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Step three of the trilogy, and it's, it, it, this, I will say first, this didn't result in a ban. Um, if anything, all it, all it was kind of was was a nod to old school hockey. It was a nod to when you used to see more fights breaking out across the ice. This was a fight between Felino and someone help me out. Who was he fighting? No one knows. Okay, oh. Felino was fighting um, in the Minnesota game the other day. Um, they dropped the gloves, and they uh, Felino decided to do a full-blown Superman punch, and I, I just I can't remember the last time I saw anything like that happen on the ice. He literally gained some air. Brendan uh, Dillon. Brendan Dillon, thank you. But he literally jumped through the through the punch, Superman punch. I mean, it worked for me. He definitely came out on top of the fight, but oh my god, like it happened. And I was watching the video. I was like, what? Maybe you think I was watching. Like the old WWE stuff. <laughs> it's like he's jumped off the top rope or something and thrown the punch. Not that he's just jumped closer to him on the ice and just thrown a punch. I mean, at least his gloves were off as well. Yeah. Yeah. But that was still it, hilarious. Just the way he landed it as well. It was a great land. He got some great force into it. And say the punters, what more do you want? Yeah, entertained everyone. <laughs> Too right. <laughs> it, it reminded me of the um you on Ice Guardians. Um who was it? The guy with the beard that was punching the tree with chains wrapped around his uh, his fist. Oh, I can't remember. Um, oh. No. I can't remember his Scott. name. Parker. James Scott Parker, that's it. Scott Parker. Um, there was one fight where he was fighting a guy and he threw his glove in his face just to try and put him off at the start of the fight. And then the guy threw his glove back at him and he caught it, threw it into the crowd and then he fought. And it just reminded me of that. It was like the perfect kind of way to just really shock like his opponent so that he couldn't even really get into the fight. And it worked perfectly. It was, it was, it was done to perfection. Like a scene in Goon. It literally was. <laughs> It was it was a step away from Anders Kane just headbutting him at the start of the fight. <laughs> it's 
Bruce um, Gerich wasn't fighting, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was great. More of it, please. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. If we can see this happen every week in the NHL now, it'd be amazing. <laughs> it's always nice. To see, it's always great to see a fight anyway. As I say, it's getting less and less and less at the moment. So to see that, I just started seeing things all over the place about Felino Superman punch. And I was like, what? Um, anything else to add on Felino? I'm, I'm going to throw it over to Dave for this one because I know how much he's dying to talk about long-term injury reserve in Tampa Bay. So I'm just going to pass it over to Dave. Well, I'll do the serious bit first. I, I wish a speedy recovery to uh, Kucherov on his latest injury, uh, which has put him out long-term. No prediction of when he'll be back. Not that I'm aware oh, yeah. of. No, they've said it's not day-to-day. So. I'm trying. I'm trying to avoid um, saying playoffs, Griff, but we all know it probably will be. Um, but yeah, it frees up some cap space, doesn't it? I mean, who'd have thought it? Um, you know, have another, you know, another player injured. I mean, who knows? They may, you know, they may have another couple of players on. I hope it doesn't actually happen. Having it myself, it's not nice. But you know, COVID protocols that because that can be taken off the cap space. Could bring in some more talent and then they could be fit just in time for the playoffs. Um, the cynic, I mean, you know, suggests that Tampon would do that, but uh, it just seems a bit of bad luck on Kachirov's point that he gets injured again and potentially long term. Um, I think he's a coin, I think, is the rumour. I mean, no on, on a serious point. On a serious point, talented hockey player, you want to watch him, you want to see him on the ice. Um, but after last year, I think it's uh, raised a few eyebrows of the cynics amongst hockey fans that... You're in Colorado? Uh, not Colorado. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the same game. <laughs> I, I pressed mute about three times for the... <laughs> see when to, uh, to, to, um, but they're not making sure that they can fit all their stars in again. And let's hope they're not actually trying to pull that same move twice. I think maybe the NHL sh- well, they sh- should have something to say there. They're going to do that. I, I mean, with that coming off the, the books now, there is that rumour that Eichel will be going over there, but then he'll still be on long-term injury reserve. Yeah, so they can take Tarasenko. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Cosby. No. He'll be on long-term injury reserve anyway. Well, fair ga- it's fair game for him, isn't it? Get who they want. <laughs> Signing Conor McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby. <laughs> you have to like Tampa Bay All-Star. Pasternak, God. I mean, just no, better keep an eye on it. I think the NHL, uh, obviously, there are rules in place, and if if they can't follow the the wage cap, then something needs to be done about it. You know, it's it's there for a reason. It's not for any other teams, and especially if if it's for you know a, a notable player as, as a replacement, and that's when you've really got to uh, keep your eye on the ball. Is 
as I say, so hopefully it doesn't happen again, but uh, you never know, no in Tampa. So we'll have to wait and see. Here's, here's the thing for me, and I don't for any second... I don't have any beef against Tampa for doing it last year. As far as I'm concerned, they didn't break any rules. Um, and there's no reason to think... I mean, Stamkos is one of the most injurable players in the league, probably minus Crosby. Um, but, you know, Stamkos has, has had injuries running through most seasons. Obviously, he had that horrendous ankle break. There's been numerous things that have happened most seasons with Stamkos. Kucherov... You know, very, again, no reason to think that there was anything behind that and it was anything other than just an injury. Um, so I don't think there was any intent behind it last year. The thing that surprises me is that nothing's been done about it in the NHL this year. Now, and I kind of, I almost feel bad in a sense for Tampa Bay because, you know, if it, is, it obviously is a legit injury to Kucherov. And um, like Dave said, on the, on the series point, we do hope that that injury goes because in fairness, he is one of the top players in the world. And... As much as it's horrendous to see Buffalo zapping the stock out of uh, of Jack Eichel, because that's basically what they're doing right now, is they're just reducing his stock in the trade market. Um, you know, you don't want to see the the top players in the league getting those injuries because that means that you're getting a less less quality on the ice throughout the season. It's just one of those things that's just too convenient this year. That last year they win the Stanley Cup, nothing's been done about it, and then all of a sudden Kucherov back on LTIR again. Don't they have to on a serious point? Do they have to wait for the next collective bargaining agreement for something to be done in respect of a rule change? I honestly don't know. It sounds right. I think I heard somewhere that they have to. So you know, whilst whilst uh, there's grass on the wicket as you as you were, um, okay, well the sun shines for Tampa, and they may go for the three peat. I mean, everyone loves a loophole. Always, mate. This is in fairness, that's the other thing that would we'll point out. Like they're not breaking any rules. If it was even if it was the case, I mean we're not they're obviously not going to sign Eichel and then sign Tarasenko. It's obviously got to the point where it's it's an ongoing joke. They could in theory sign Eichel and if, if Kucherov was out long term, then in fairness, I mean Eichel, as far as they're concerned, probably isn't an option anyway, because he needs the surgery anyway. But you know, if they signed a, a big player, if they signed someone like Tarasenko to replace Fair enough, like, you're a team that's going for a three-peat, you're not just going to let your star player sit out all season. It's just one of those things that's just like, okay, yeah, it's just a, it's just a bit too, as I say, it's, too, it's a coincidence, and I do kind of, the flip side of me feels bad for Tampa, because part of me is just like, can you imagine what John Cooper thought after reading all of the comments on Twitter and everything last year? Obviously, they win the cup, they just basically stick two fingers up at everybody who made those comments, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, and it's happened again this year. But it's kind of funny to watch. Obviously, not the injury side. The injury side isn't funny. But, you know, the Twitter fallout is is funny to watch. It's also nice to be reminded that it's not just Elite League hockey fans that have those Twitter meltdowns. If it's good enough for the NHL, then it's good enough for the Elite League. Exactly. And vice versa. Um, anything else to add on LTI, Argent? We spent quite a while on NHL. And Gref will be dying because we spent quite a while on NHL and we've probably talked about Buffalo for about three seconds talking about actually the fact that they're playing well. And Gref, that's all you're getting. <laughs> Next thing I've got written down is, is predictions. I predict we're going to do as terrible as last week. Correct. What, you think you're going to lose 8-0 to 5 again? 
Nine. I mean, we're playing <laughs> Belfast and then Cardiff. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Ooh. I see another statement coming. <laughs> Copy and paste job. I will also say, by the way, the reason we've not addressed the statement is because we obviously will come when we summarise Manchester. We just want to see if Manchester actually get any better before we, we summarise Manchester. Um, yeah, Jens, is, is, has anybody got them written down? Is anybody going to read through them again? It seems to be Andy's job now to read through the I've, predictions. I've got the uh, fixtures. There we go. So it's Andy's job to go through the predictions. Do you want me to quickly run through the scores from last week, gents? Go yeah, for it. Go for it. Yeah. No. So, out of a possible 18 <laughs> points for grabs, um, we we missed the game last week, so we 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 predicted nine games. Generally speaking, when we're point when we're when we're giving points this time round, we're going to point for the right uh, for the right win. So for a point for the victor. And then if you get the, the correct victor of the game, you get an extra point if you get the correct result. So from a possible 18 points, Gref and Andy were tied for second and or last uh, with three points. <laughs> and uh, Dave and I were t- tied for first with six points. Um, so maximum of a third of the points available there, gents. So really poor going. <laughs> Marathon not a spin, boys. Marathon not a spin. We, well, I mean, we give the disclaimer most weeks that we're rubbish at predictions. Yeah. And don't put any bets on because you will lose your money. It's not wrong. I mean, let us know if, if we ever do win you any money. We'd like to Even hear. Even worse than predict a bet. <laughs> Shots fired. Ooh. Shots fired about a sponsor that we forgot about until we spoke about them two weeks ago. <laughs> All right, puss in boots over here. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, are we fire away with predictions, gents? Okay, so first of all, Saturday in the league, we've got Manchester and Belfast in Manchester. Or should I say, Altrincham? Belfast 5 1. Say Belfast 5 2. I'll say now, if Andy says Belfast 5-3, I'm not going Belfast 5-4. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go Belfast 6-2. Uh, I'm going to go Belfast. I'm going to go 5-3. You go 5-3. You might see a few more goals for Belfast uh, for Manchester this time. Okay, and in the Challenge Cup, we've got Guildford and Coventry in Guildford. Guildford to win two one. Okay. Coventry to win 3-2 in overtime. Ooh. Ooh. Just give me more to fit in. I don't give myself big big spaces to write in, you know. 4-3 Guildford. Dave's playing innuendo bingo. Uh, I'm going to say 3-2 Guildford. 
Is that regulation or overtime? Reg. Reg. Next we've got Dundee and Fife in Dundee. Dundee to win 4-2. Dundee, 3-1. Oh, I was going to say that. You can still say it. Uh, we'll just all you your copy in Gref now. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go something different. I'm going to say 4-1 uh, Dundee. We need to write these all down first, don't we? So we can do it like countdown. Do you know on like countdown where they say they've got the same word and they have to show the paper afterwards? So <laughs> for next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Dundee for a full house. Um, five, two. Okay. And finally on Saturday, uh, Nottingham, Sheffield in Nottingham. Sheffield 5-3. Sheffield 4-3 in overtime. Oh. Uh, three two Nottingham. Can be a tough place to play when they're playing well. Let's uh, see. I'm gonna say Nottingham four two. Was it me, Greff, or just obviously we've got the video of what people just listen to. We've got the video. Well, that just like the world's worst Mexican standoff, waiting for them to to say one of the first person to say Nottingham to win. <laughs> <laughs> This is the bit that I feel like people miss out on the fact that they don't get to watch this bit because you can really see the cogs turning on the once when you can see them I'm sitting there going, oh, I really don't know. Maybe sometimes they don't want to see the video. Uh, yeah, that's also true. Let <laughs> okay, me around to Sunday. Uh, two games in the league. We've got Sheffield and Fife in Sheffield. Sheffield, 7-2. Lance Goodwin's coming to town. Sheffield, 6-1. Sheffield, 5-1. Sheffield, 4-2. And Cardiff and Manchester in Cardiff. Premier Sports game. Cardiff to do the winner selfie. 6 1. Cardiff to win. 4 2. Cardiff. Give us some hope. 
Bless Cardiff's Cardiff's seven two. Oh, my good at two places at the same time. <laughs> Cardiff six, ah. six two Cardiff. Four two. Like the team that lost eight nil to five could lose four two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and also two games in the cup. We've got Belfast and Dundee in Belfast. Belfast to win four three. Belfast 5-2. He's done it. He's done it again. <laughs> Can you show your answer, please? Um... <laughs> you can say it if you think the same. Nah, we've got something different. Um... Okay, I'm going to go Belfast 5-1. Belfast 5-3 and finally we've got Coventry and Guildford in Coventry Coventry 3-1 Coventry 5-3 Coventry 4-3 after overtime. Uh, Guildford 4-2. And on to the midweek. Uh, it's, it's going down all day, it's just in case we miss any out. Uh, okay, we've gone to Wednesday. We've got one league, one cup. Starting in the league, we've got Sheffield and Coventry in Sheffield. Three pound transaction fee. <laughs> Sheffield to win five two with a goal difference to equate to the transaction fee. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I'm gonna go Sheffield five three. Five pound for the ticket, three pound for the transaction fee. <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield 4-2 Just a bit of a fun fact for you that the person who's just scored for Florida is Griffin Reinhardt's brother um, <laughs> has just scored for Florida um, uh, Sheffield 4-3 Okay, on to the Challenge Cup, we've got Guildford and Cardiff in Guildford. Guildford to win 3-2. Ooh. Oh. It's like the uh, aliens from Toy Story. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> what, what, what people don't actually get from into the podcast he's one of us holding those signs up to tell people what to do at a given time <laughs> Balls. Balls. after <laughs> uh, Guildford 4-3 Team Sweet Caroline oh no wrong you, one you don't um, get a mystery boy's breath damn 
Cardiff 5-4. With a goal from Brody Reed. Naturally. That, that, that's a game every game, then it for for Reed. Mm. Um that's it. Non non Thursday, so yeah. Yep, that's it. Friday. So we'll be able to cover the Friday game on if we do yeah. next week's podcast. So Sort of, gents. I mean, we've got his predictions. We'll see if we can actually... How many points are available this time? 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We have 20 points available this time. So let's see. I'll take eight points. I'll tell her now. I'll take any points. <laughs> but we know you lost 8-0 to, to 5, so... Like I said, I'm a Sabres fan. I'm used to disappointment. I, I also I loved how many people were tweeting as well, <laughs> messaging you about the game. I'm gonna say yeah. I got a couple of messages of is Griff gonna be all right? Do you do we need to make sure he's gonna be okay? The one the one question I believe it was banners on the wall that that tweeted us with the question: Does Griff still fear that the five are lacking in goals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When is your next game against Fife? Can we arrange an Instagram live while we all watch it? Uh, good question. Did you see a watch party? That'd be something worth doing. Watch party, big Rick. Imagine doing a live a live stream watch party. As long as it's about teams that we don't care about. <laughs> so yeah. If there were teams that we do care about, probably wouldn't, wouldn't be able to be aired. But it would do. It would be a clearly over 18s only. 12th of December. We hire a man to press a beeper. <laughs> 12th of December. Just before Belfast. Yeah, gents. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing else on the agenda. We've... Uh, we've We've had a declining of a of a story or a stat from 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 Andy. So we don't uh, have actually, anything. I have got one. See, he had one. Prep. He just wanted to make me look a mug. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Sorry, <laughs> not not sorry. Um, do you want to go for the standings, or should we sleep until next week? Uh, if you've got the standings there, mate, go through yeah, the standings. Okay, so in in the league, uh, Steels are in first with eight points. Uh, Nottingham Boom. in second with six points. Guildford third with six points. Fourth is Coventry with five points. Uh, fifth, Cardiff also with five points. Uh, in sixth, we've got Manchester with four points. In seventh, Belfast with two. In eighth, Fife also with two. And ninth is Glasgow and tenth, Dundee both with Nipois. Nipois? Yep, Nipois. Sure, uh, Going into the cup, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure how this is done, but um, let's just say Division A, uh, Group A, B, and C. Uh, so, Group A, we've got Belfast with 10 points, in second is Dundee with six, in third, five with one, and Group B, we've got Cardiff with six, not uh, Guildford with five, and Coventry with two, and then Group C, we've got first, we've got Sheffield, uh, in second, Nottingham with five. Uh, and then Manchester again with Nupois. So this rate, Manchester be knocked out. 
Yeah. It's like Manchester playing Fife. Do the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> no, that was that was the that was the happy birthday, Gareth. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my stat for tonight uh, is firstly going in the Challenge Cup, and that's the top point scorers. Uh, one to four in top scorers are all Belfast players. We've got David Goodwin with uh, 11, 11 points. Uh, then we've got Scott Conway with 10, John Boucher with nine, and then JJ Picknick or Pichnich, whichever it is, with eight. Uh, leading goalie so far is actually Taron Cozen he's played two games with two wins and 96.97 save percentage so very good for him Uh, in terms of I said not too shabby no not at all no and in terms of league uh, Brodie Reid we've talked about many times uh, nine points uh it's going for fun, isn't it, really? Uh, and then, as we were talking about Guildford earlier, uh, three are in, are in the top five. We've got Levi Cable with seven points, John Dunbar with seven, and also Jamal Watson with seven. So, Guildford looking very good. And also, in terms of goaltending, currently we've got Rox Stajanovic. Uh, he leads with 93.84%. Then we've got CJ Mott with 93.46%. And then Kevin Linskoog with 93.16%. Three goalies on ninety-three percent. That's mm. so heard of. Pretty good, that boys. Yeah. I also like to see Levi Cable up there as well. Yeah. So also, fun fact is that everybody that you noted from Belfast is either a captain or an assistant captain, just based on the amount of assistant captains that they announced the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just the whole of Boomerang Corner, were just all captains and alternates. Honestly, the amount of the amount of I've never seen a team announce so many captains or like assistant captains. I was reading it, I was like, God, more assistant captains than there are normal players. They might as well just put an they might as well just put an A on the, all the jerseys in your fancy font and just pretend it's a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Belfast United, sponsored by A. <laughs> Sorry, Belfast Patriots. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, gents. Well, I mean, I think that caps us off quite nicely, to be honest. I mean, we, we, we like finishing with a Stafford stat or a Stafford story. This is good. This is this is much better, Andy. We like to You're see You're very this. welcome. Wrong podcast. Um... <laughs> Gents, I don't think there's much more to add. I think we're we're just we're under the two and a half hour mark. We're over the two hour mark. Hey, that was Andy. That was so bizarre. Then because you've got the virtual background on, you had your hand on your face, and your hand was blurred out with the virtual background. So your face just had this weird like. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, gents. I've got abilities. <laughs> Always, uh, always a pleasure, gents. I don't think anybody else. Any, any other business? Any other business before we, uh, before we wrap up? I'll just a quick one. Um, a bit of a nod to the uh, the Dundee commentators, who overall actually do produce <laughs> um, a good production. 
whenever you watch games in Dundee. Um, but fair play to them. They, they, they thought they uh, weren't getting stitched up with any joke names. Um, they took make, stri- your pronunciation is spot on with this, mate. We're a family podcast. They, they, took, <laughs> it, they took it in their strides when they, uh, they gave a shout out to long-term Sheffield fans, Sandra and Michael Hunt. Um, and you could tell in the voice out, like, oh, we're not going to go. Oh, we've been done. But fair play to them. They they played along and you know they actually they enjoyed the banter and, and everything. I, obviously, we three of us don't listen to the Sheffield one, and um, we all know John Fernley himself worked with him many years on, on broadcast. Is good and is up there one of the best. But for me, Dundee's is actually a good production as well, uh, and they do like to uh, talk. They, they they do like to engage with fans um, in all their uh, broadcasts. So uh, just a nod to them. Uh, for a good show last Sunday, and Sandra particularly enjoyed her shout out. You sure it was more Sandra and not Mike? Michael was doing the Sunday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I saw he had some beef. I have, to, I have to say, in fairness, the uh, the first thing that came to... I mean, it's the first thing you were messaging me at the same time that I was messaging you <laughs> at that point. Um, no, I agree, in fairness. It's, they always do a cracking, um, a cracking webcast in Dundee. And, um, yeah, the, one of the, the... Well, on the rare occasion that I've had to watch the Steelers webcast rather than being at the game... They have put on a good show, but the Dundee commentators are just quality. And like you say, the fan interaction's great. And always like always nice. We 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 always see the arguments, you know, we've not had to have the discussion yet about people complaining that that webcasts are too one sided, too biased, whatever rubbish that we've discussed in the past where we've had to start saying that it, it is actually like a home team person that actually has to do the webcast. Um it's quite it's quite nice to get them though and they do really well interact well with the, the away fans in particular obviously the webcast generally cater to the away fans and then the home fans that can't make it so it is quite nice to see that they gave a nod to the Sheffield fans and a number that were there um, and they're always funny to listen to even if they do play Baby Shark and Sweet Caroline oh. I don't care 50 quid went to charity this is this is the um, this is the other thing I feel like we've not we've not really mentioned your biggest gripe about a particular team featuring in the CHL this year, mate. And they're changing in goal music from the glorious. But you know what happened when they returned to the, they don't mess with tradition. They went back to the normal. They, got they started playing well. Yeah. They just did the dirty on the world. I mean, it's, you know, they suffered as a result. This is, they, they, were, we're to, they reflected on the mistake and they went back to the norm. We will we will explain this is Red Bull Salzburg and there. Uh, <laughs> I will survive, was it? Yeah. It's high pitched techno to go into I will it's survive. It's the Hermes house band version. It's the what? Sorry. Hermes house band version. Sorry. The Hermes house band. Yeah. Can't well, be Hermes. Actually got delivered well, will it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sorry, it's DPD house band. There we go. Knew it. I thought it was UPS. <laughs> Parcel force. Yeah. Apparently, apparently they they edited it at one point to put Sweet Caroline within their goal song. Um, but I'm glad to hear that that's gone back because, as we know, we don't mess with tradition. Correct. 
And on that note, gents, unless anybody's got any other business to discuss, I'm seeing shaking heads. So, uh, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, Joe. As always, a pleasure, not a chore, even how long we drag this out for. Um, we'll break now as well, so I don't even have any hockey on. Yeah, I just have to say that for you as well. Graf, Andy, thank you very much. Always lovely to catch up with a pair of you. Um, and to the listeners, if you're still listening now, well done. Don't know how you do it. Well, for a start, they're probably not doing it at 10 to 1 like we are. <laughs> you never know. They may want to try and get some sleep. If you are listening to 10 to 1, fair play to you. <laughs> Gref, Toothless Wonder, um, we are very, very much awaiting the time that Buffalo returns to previous uh, service. So please do the world a foot of service and show us that the world is healing. Oh, that'll happen at some point next month. Well, in fairness, Spitting Chicklets have released their wagon T-shirt, and usually within weeks of the wagon T-shirts going live, the team stops being a wagon. So uh, let's see if it happens quickly. But, uh, but no, Greff, thank you very much, sir. No problem. Thank you, Joe. Thanks to Dave, staff, anyone that's listening. Cheers. Thanks for letting us ramble on. Yeah. Ramble on, that's very much a, probably very much a phrase. Um, Andy, thank you very much, sir. Glad to uh, hear that you are you are sounding better than uh, than last week. You're feeling better than last week. Well, not sure about that. They've had to move ourselves a few times because of coughing still, but uh, a little bit better, thank you. But um, yeah, um, as always, fan- uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, thanks to Dave, thanks Gref, and of course everyone listening. You guys are the real goats. Don't, don't never forget that. This is the key thing, guys. We lost Joey Martin, but we still have the real goat, and that is the key thing. And it's not Nathan Lyons. Um, <laughs> but now, thank you to you three, Dave, Andy, Greff. Thank you all very much. Thank you everybody listening. Um, hopefully, we'll be coming back at you again next week with another podcast. I'm looking for nodding or shaking heads to see if we're all. That's the plan. Yep, very will it be, much. Will so. it be five and five. Hopefully we're we're going for five and five, and I I don't even know how many times we've had a full roster now, boys. I even remember the last time we didn't. It's it's great form, and uh, so this is the true wagon then. We are the we are the wagon now. It's like it's like a Cap, Captain Phillips thing. Look wrong. at me we now. Are, you feel the wagon now. Look at me. wagon now. So yeah, we'll be yeah we're shortly releasing wagon t-shirts. Um, <laughs> Uh, no thank you everybody listening uh, say hopefully we'll be coming back at you next week with another episode of my fancy Zamboni oh I didn't say the social media rocky error it's like we don't do this every week at MSM podcast on Twitter and Instagram and my fancy Zamboni podcast on Facebook and on that note thanks a lot everybody for another episode of my fancy Zamboni